Welcome in. Good to have you. The Bill Michaels Show. We are live. We are here inside the Mandalay Bay Convention Center. You've got the NFL experience uh, when you go out of this massive complex of our side of the uh, the building. And you go out and you go off to your right a little bit. There's the NFL experience, which is about three or four times bigger than this portion of the building. And it is uh, alive. And to say that it is getting crowded would be an understatement uh, here. We have got so many just people walking around. You've got NFL Network people here today. You've got CBS Network here today, Fox Sports Network here today, the full boat over there on the uh, on the NFL, uh, Pro Football Talk for NBC, and the ESPN set is now up and running and alive, and you've got fans that are in over there and waving flags and getting crazy, so uh, it is, today is the busy day, uh, without a doubt. In the meantime, you've got uh, the Kansas City Chiefs. They, uh, they are here as well, and they are practicing as well. And uh, the Chiefs uh, yesterday uh, sat down and started, you know, kind of chit-chatting with the media a little bit. Andy Reid, the head coach, was asked if he was satisfied with using – because uh, the 49ers are over at UNLV, and the Chiefs are at the Raiders facility. And he was asked, you know, hey, how is it? Because, you know, they've had problems at UNLV with the turf. So how is it with the Raiders facility? It's great conditions uh, to prepare for uh, this game. Um, I think our guys have been focused in up to this point. So, and uh, the facilities are great. You know, they should be, <laughs> let's be honest, because they're new facilities, brand new. The one thing about UNLV, LV, let me back this up, because I know there's been some problems and the 49ers have talked about it, but it's not UNLV, it's – the NFL, what the NFL did, UNLV just had this massive stadium and renovation and such go on, uh, and they had a whole new field put in. The National Football League came in and put a new field in just this week, for this week. And rather than leaving the old field there, they came in, gutted it, put a new one in just so the 49ers could practice on it, and it hasn't taken hold yet. And so the 49ers are worried about their footing, their slipping, guys going down, knee injuries, hamstring injuries, stuff like that. So that's been part of the problem. That's been one of the bigger stories here, at least leading up to this particular game. Meanwhile, Andy Reid says, "Look, when it comes, you know, if you've got advice for your guys or or advice for any coach that is going to get to this point, what is important for your players is not just practice, but it's also the ability to keep them loose in the days leading up to the game." We try to have fun within the intensity of the game uh, during the week. Uh, there's a time to focus in and a time to mess around. And, you know, I, I, they don't have to come in um, where they feel they're uptight into, into practice. Uh, I think some of that is we, uh, we keep it relatively consistent so they know what they're coming into every day. The times are the same. They know the drill that's coming up. They know when they can focus and need to focus, and then they can also know when they can mess around and goof around with each other and kind of let their personality show. Andy was asked, you know, what kind of what what is the team doing to kind of ensure that uh, the players uh, you're you're in Vegas, you know, uh, and so one of the questions that comes up when you're in Vegas is. 
you know, are the teams being vigilant in not allowing guys to get caught up in the betting side of things? And here's what he had to say. The league does a great job of that, of talking to our guys. So we, we had um, the league security rep come in and talk to the guys right when we got here. I mean, literally when we got here. And um, that was part of the conversation that uh, was gambling. So um, he made it very clear, reinstating the rules and regulations and temptations here, obviously, uh, in Las Vegas. So um, that, that was addressed, yes. The defensive lineman for the Kansas City Chiefs, Chris Jones, uh, obviously, uh, you know, was held out for a little while prior to the season and uh, was waiting for that contract, got the one-year deal. He's going to become a free agent, but he was asked specifically, what what has kind of made the difference when it comes to the improved defense and what they've been able to accomplish over this last few weeks? I think Spags, um, his wife moving to Kansas City this year full-time, having her support, um, yeah, uh, and also the addition of Joe Cullen. Spags, Spagnolo is the defensive coordinator, and at, which is a, a really kind of a bizarre statement, but basically Spags kind of reinvigorated via the job because his wife finally moved to Kansas City. We talk all the time about family life, and you think of these guys as kind of robots and, and interchangeable bits and commodities, but, you know, there is a personal side of things, and Spagnolo having his wife here, he said, is kind of what changed things defensively for this team. Meanwhile, he, he was asked, you know, hey, has he any take? Has he taken any time this week to look back at really the accomplishments of this team, this defense overall, the championships, the AFC championships and such that they've had over the last five seasons? No, um, I'm more so living within the moment, enjoying the moments as they come. Um, maybe after the season end um, and we get a victory, I'll reflect then, but right now it's really no time to reflect because it's week to week. Every week is a new game. You got to prepare. You don't really get time to just sit back and just take it all in. After we get the victory, I'm sure somewhere somebody with the 49ers has said, here you go, here you go, just throw it up there, Any anything. You can get bulletin board-wise. Uh, he also was asked what it's like uh, to be you know, kind of getting ready for the Super Bowl here in Las Vegas. I just think of more so about eliminating distractions. So easy to get distracted <clears throat> with the media. Um, Vegas is a scenery itself. Um, so much adversity out here. Um, whether it's um, a city of vagrants, the, the nightlife. Um, just know why we're here. Why we're here. Um, Isaiah Pacheco, the running back for the Kansas City Chiefs, he was asked when it comes to uh, the importance of him being a target as a running back for Patrick Mahomes when it comes to the red zone, when it comes to the passing game, he was asked about that. When you're, when you're down there getting that ball in open space, first you got to see it, see it all the way through so you catch it. Then you got to get vertical and, and then find a seam and, and, and make it happen. Uh, he was also, uh, you know, kind of questioned as to why it's important. That, you know, we talked about this in Green Bay when at one point you had um, – the, the receivers get together, the linemen were getting together, and then you've got your quarterback, you know, a couple of times throughout the season he had the guys over to his house, then he's going out and doing some dinners with some of the offensive linemen. But it's to be able to kind of really know your teammates on and off the field as best as possible. 
When you're going through adversity, it's easy to, to give up. Uh, it's easy to, to say, nah, we all got it. That's every man for themselves um, in this league. Everybody got their own different check. Uh, you can easily focus on that, but when you got guys that you love and you know that it's, it's a bigger uh, purpose and a goal uh, that you're trying to achieve, you're going to connect. Um, that's what we've been doing, and more so just building off of one another's energy. And then the Chiefs' uh, corner, uh, Legeria Sneed, uh, had a hell of a season. And because defensively they had that hiccup in the middle of their season, and they didn't look good, let's be honest. They weren't uh, they weren't a team that was, uh, you know, smoking everybody out there, and they really kind of um, turned it on at the end of the season to get to where they are at. But uh, there was a lot of people that thought that he should be named to the Pro Bowl, and he wasn't. And he there were columns written about it, and he was asked, you know, hey, uh, about all these columns that say you were robbed of you know being a pro bowler this year? Uh, I could say uh, I see all of that. You know, I don't pay attention to it because look where we're at now. We're in the Super Bowl. You know, I would have loved to be a pro bowler, but, you know, I got more work to do, and that's what I take for it. Uh, he was also, uh, you know, got into the discussion, that big deflected pass that he had uh, that was going to Zay Flowers in the AFC Championship game. And uh, it was kind of compared to the, you know, the the Nick Bolton fumble versus the Eagles and Jalen Hurts. They kind of got into that comparison of what that meant. Uh, Nick, man, he made a big play on Jalen Hurts. You know, once he tackled, I seen Nick. I think that's one of the players who helped us win the Super Bowl. So there you go. That's uh, both sides. You heard the 49ers a little bit earlier. You've heard the Kansas City Chiefs now. Some of the insight for these two teams getting ready for uh, Super Bowl 58 coming up this weekend, and it, it is. Uh, look, I, I, I know that we have talked a lot uh, about the Green Bay Packers, and that's why we're here, because this is a gathering of a lot of people with a lot of information, a lot of opinions, a lot of knowledge that, you know, it's great to get the outside perspective of what is ours inside uh, the state of Wisconsin and Packers Nation. But uh, with this game, you there is some interesting insight, but I, I thought Sam Monson nailed it. He said, look, 30 fan bases right now, are worried about the offseason, about free agency, about the salary cap, about how they're going to get better, Super Bowl or bust. Do they have the quarterback? Do they need to make a move? Do they need to make a trade? Do they need to find another guy? And we're sitting here as Packers fans wondering, you know, a little bit of salary cap. You know, I saw a story pop up today about some of the rehash stuff regarding David Bakhtiari and, you know, his comeback or attempt to come back from that devastating knee injury and obviously, you know, what the Packers are going to do to clear some space and, bring in maybe a free agent or two. You heard Brian Gudikins talk about uh, during his end-of-season presser uh, when he was getting into the discussion uh, about, you know, his team and about um, whether or not that team uh, upcoming was going to be a player in free agency monetarily uh, for anybody. And he said, look, I think, uh, you know, the Cliff Notes version was basically we can be involved in every conversation for the first time in a long time. And that was refreshing to hear. And then what piece, what veteran player do you need if you're the Green Bay Packers to automatically get better? Because there are expectations now going into the next season. So that's kind of where we're at as Packers fans. But I got to admit, I mean, I think we all, as football fans, we're all anticipating what is promising to be, at least at this point on paper, a really entertaining game. I'm not going to say a good game in the sense of, oh, my God, it's going to be a nail-biter down the stretch, one for the ages, but an entertaining game because you've got so many characters and personalities into this thing. It's not a no-name team. It's not a, you know, grind you down, 
defensively, you know, driven team. It's not a it, it's not a you get pro bowlers, don't get me wrong, but it's not, you know, a boring group of people by any stretch with, you know, the likes of a guy like Kittle, Brock Purdy and his story, you know, Christian McCaffrey and the ability to run the football, obviously Debo Samuel, Kyle Shanahan, the innovation that he brings to the table, that defense. And then you look at the other side and you look at Andy Reid, you look at Patrick Mahomes, you look at how they got here and you're kind of scratching your head going, this isn't even the team that we saw mid-portion of the season because they just they weren't a good football team. They were dropping passes. They weren't able to move the ball. You know, you, you saw, you know, Patrick Mahomes screaming at his guys, throwing, you know, a helmet at one point. Uh, and it seemed like things were unraveling, and you went, okay, you know what? They're the defending champs. It's really hard to repeat. You know, maybe they won't be back. You get it. Uh, maybe they'll make the postseason and then get bounced. But then they go on the run, man, and they, they, you know, all the talk was about whether or not Patrick Mahomes could win on the road, and he did. It was all the talk about the distraction of Taylor Swift, and it wasn't. And they embraced it, you know? I go back to uh, somebody asked me last night. We were upstairs having a drink, and we were, we were talking with a couple of the other uh, people that were here that uh, are covering Super Bowl. And they said, um, you know, have you ever seen anything like it with this, you know, whole Taylor Swift effect? And I, it, in a much, much, much more minimal scale, okay? But he said, you know, there's so much negativity around the Taylor Swift thing that it's, it's got to be tough for Travis Kelsey. It's got to be tough for the Kansas City Chiefs. And I said, you know what? I remember – having this conversation, I'm sitting in uh, Lambeau Field in, in the locker room uh, just before the Packers went on their roll back in 2010 and talking with Ryan Pickett. And I said, look, you know, you're, you're barely getting in. You've got some injuries. There was some talk about Cullen Jenkins, about, you know, he had free agency coming up and he didn't want to rush it back, even though these two games were vital at the end of the season to just get in the postseason. And then finally he was healthy, but he was waiting for the postseason to see if they actually made it before he was going to come back and play because he, he didn't want to risk further injury, and some of the guys took offense to that. They know you need your money, but, you know, hey, you've got an opportunity here. So, and then I asked him, I said, how do you deal with all this distractions? He said, when we get on the road and people start booing us and they hate us for whatever reason, or people talk about Cullen, or people talk about, you know, Aaron Rodgers not liking him and comparing him to all the greats that are out there, and he said, the louder the booze, the more noise there is. You have to eat it like candy. You've got to love it. You've got to embrace it. You've got to want it because that means they think you're relevant. And I never forgot that. Never for- He just looked at me and said, we've got to eat it. Eat it like candy in that voice. And, and that's what kind of the Chiefs have done with all this distraction, you know. The, now, the whole Patrick Mahomes' father thing is a little bit of a different issue, but the, the Taylor Swift stuff, they've ate it like candy, man. It, they they love it. They they you know the wives have gotten into it. They're doing fashion and all that kind of stuff now, and and they just uh, it's become the norm and it's become their party and and they are putting their stamp on this Super Bowl. So uh, both teams have a lot of character. Both teams have a lot of backstories. Both teams uh, are fun to watch. And on paper, knock on wood, we have a really good game come Sunday. Let's do this. We're going to step out. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back broadcasting live out here in Las Vegas. We'll be back right. After- Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is The Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. How are we looking, Bill Michael's Show? Live at Radio Row. Bill had to go take care of some things. He saw some folks. He's like, hey, do a segment. I got to go say hi. 
And also, and Bill shared this yesterday, so I, I feel like I he would be fine with me sharing this. The bathroom situation at Radio Row. Three and five minutes, it seems like a long time. It's not a long time, because you got to run across the convention center. And also, Bill's used to doing the show at his house, so his bathroom is never more than, like, ten steps away. So I think Bill also needed to relieve himself. We snagged Peter Bukowski, who made the mistake of loitering, lingering nearby. Lockdown Packers. Hello, Pete. Hey, how's it going? It's going great. Greg Cosell was incredible. Greg's the best. I mean, I like, some of these interviews, like, I just let Bill go. We have two people at the table. And then very selfishly, like, we had Greg Cosell, and it's like, no, I actually want to sit down in the chair and just listen and sit next to he, him. He has one of the great – something that just, like, stuck in my brain forever when he said it to me. This was back in – this was 10 years ago now. John, uh, Johnny Manziel, this was the conversation we were having, and we were talking about intangibles. Mm-hmm. And what is it what, – what is, what is, how do you evaluate intangibles? Because he's mostly a film – he's a film guy. He's a film guy. Yeah. And so, of course, this is his perspective, but I think he's absolutely right. He said – if it doesn't show up on the field, it doesn't matter. Really? And, like, think about it. If the intangibles don't – if you can't see a tangible way on the field that the intangible translates. So Tom Brady is clutch, right? Mm-hmm. We can see that translate in the fourth quarter when he is incredible. So you're telling me that's just a tangible? It, be, it is ultimately a tangible. And, he, and if it's not, then it doesn't matter. Like, it doesn't matter how cool you are. Mark Sanchez was the coolest guy in every room he ever walked into – but he wasn't a very good quarterback, so it, it didn't matter ultimately on the field. Like, that's an intangible. It's nice to have, but it doesn't make you better. It didn't make, or maybe it did. Maybe he would have been a much worse quarterback if he were, like, dull. I suppose. But then, <laughs> but then again, like, if a player – I've never thought about it this way. You would say, well, like, personality is intangible. Well, if the personality shows up on the field and affects the other players around and affects the energy and the momentum of the team. We see this with Peyton Manning. That was always the thing when you would hear, why is Peyton Manning so great, but in the, in the playoffs or in these big moments did he come up small at times? And what you would hear from people was he was such a micromanager. He was used to being so in control that when things weren't going the way he anticipated, he was so smart that he kind of didn't know what to do. It kind of broke his brain a little bit, and he'd... He'd um, not self-combust, but he would just, it would kind of, he'd, he'd um, why can't I think of the word? There's a, there's a word where his circuiting would just sort of, you know, crap out. He would get frazzled. Yeah. Well, and, and I suppose there's lots of folks in real life who experience that, too. If you're used to always being in control of everything and you find yourself in a situation where all of a sudden you're in control of nothing, like, a lot of people don't handle that well. Well, and if you make it an Aaron Rodgers point, because I always like to do that. Attaboy. Um, we watched... For most of his career, early on, mm-hmm. they're young. He's young. They're play. They're like they were in a lot of ways playing with house money because we've got Aaron Rodgers for 15 years. They're thinking, yeah, and that was true until it wasn't. Until it's 2019, <laughs> 2020, and 2021, and you're yeah. going, how many more of these do you have in you? And and I think Rodgers felt the pressure of that. I think how could you not? I don't. I don't blame him. No, that's it, what, I'm, it, I'm not. Well. <laughs> I don't. I don't blame him. You can feel the way that you want to feel. It's, and I, I think we we talked about this. We had Michael Robinson on from the NFL Network yesterday, and he talked about the the collapse in the Super Bowl. Which, like, yeah. by the way, Seahawks fans and Seahawks players talk about that loss to the Patriots as if they had the lead and had the ring on their finger and it was ripped away. Like they needed to score, but they were on the one yard line, right? So it, yeah. it stands to reason they felt like the game was theirs, and then all of a sudden it wasn't. A, a loss like that, I think we underestimate. Like what it can emotionally do to a team and to a franchise. Yeah. And they were Rogers, never the same. The Seahawks were never the same. They were never the same. And Rodgers and the Packers 
between 2014 and, and, and others, like other just horrifying playoff losses, it wears on a player, it wears on a team, and that's not even Rodgers' fault. Like, he's a human. Right, that part of it is not. Like, especially, and, and I think the Packers don't get enough credit for the 2014 collapse happens. 2015, Jordy Nelson tears his ACL. Mm-hmm. Eddie Lacy eats his way out of the NFL that mm-hmm. season. You're you're relying on Jared Aberderis and Jeff Janis in a playoff game after you won the week before on the road in a game you shouldn't have won. And they almost Washington? Beat, yep. And God, they, I, I remember as little about that game as any Packers game I've ever watched. I, I, I totally agree. Okay. And, and it's because you can probably name 20 plays from the next week against the Cardinals. Yeah. Yep. Randall Cobb getting hurt to start. And then the incredible prestidigitation at the end from Aaron Rodgers. Like, for them to be, be in that moment is actually kind of remarkable, given all the adversity that they faced la- that year after the most gutting and galling loss in maybe in Packers history mm-hmm. in the NFC Championship game. So, And then uh, two years later, they're in the NFC Championship game again against all odds. I'm going to get you to give Aaron Rodgers credit here because I, okay. I don't think – I, I don't think there's a different slant to have on this. I think that years down the road when people ask, like, what made Aaron Rodgers great, right? Like, compared to, let's say, Breeze, Manning, Brady, like, what separated him from his, I don't know, his contemporaries at the time? And you would say, well, the best thrower of the ball, like, best arm talent. Big picture, I think what makes Aaron Rodgers so unbelievable, and I don't think this is true of, of others in his era, is the team was never not good. Yeah. Like, Drew Brees, who respectfully, I saw him walking around. He is sh- he is short, not maybe like as short as he looks on TV, but he is he is short in stature. Like you know, he's short if he looks short around media people, right? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Brees, they had seven and nine seasons. Yeah, there, there were a bunch other of them. There were other quarterbacks, MVP level quarterbacks of Rodgers era, where they would have down years. Rodgers' down years were ten and six, and might get hot and make the conference championship game. And I think that him is a is a floor raiser. That might actually be his his best trait. Well, because like. There, this this whole drama lately with Cam Newton and Brock Purdy, and mm-hmm. and Cam Newton's inability to say Purdy, he keeps calling him Parody for some reason, <laughs> and it it like, I think that part of the Aaron Rodgers piece, very few quarterbacks are floor raisers the way Rodgers was. Yes, he could take Jeff Janis and Jared Aberderis and almost win a playoff game, or Ty Montgomery's playing running back. And they could score 30 points in a game like that. You go out there with Jared Boykin and Miles White. Miles White back, by the way. Love Jared Boykin. And, you you know, you've got you've got a, a team that's capable of scoring 30 because you have Aaron Rodgers. Absolutely, he deserves all the credit for that. Like, all the credit for that. And I think we, we probably overrated someone like Greg Jennings in the moment because you see him go to Minnesota and he doesn't look anything yeah. like he did in Green Bay. Like, look how much better James Jones was. I think both of those guys are very, very good players. But Rodgers objectively made those guys better. He was an enterprise in and of himself. And, yes. and now we can laugh at that because he got, like, Cobb and, and Lazard contracts in New York. Take that out. Like, he elevated everyone around him, kept everyone's jobs, kept the Packers in the playoff on every year, even when the teams weren't great. So I, I think looking back, like, he was a floor raiser and, and a stabilizer in a way that none of his contemporaries, I, I guess. And he was better than those guys. So he was just straight up better than Breeze and, yeah. and Russell Wilson. Um, but the teams just never stunk. By the way, last question because you mentioned Jared Boykin and this is a question that only Packers fans will understand, you could say this to anyone else, they would have no clue what you mean, is Bo Melton, Jarrett Boykin, or Donald Driver, if you had to bet on one outcome? I think Bo Melton is a legitimate NFL receiver. And Boykin so, was not. So that, Boykin was not. And go. so, but, like, Donald Driver is one of the greatest Packers ever. So it's hard. For, like, there is a, a, 
a lane in the middle, but I understand why you asked that question because they play so similarly. Yeah. They look so similar in stature, and they have very similar traits, right? So skinny, uh, I think, was he a seventh-round draft pick or yep. undrafted? Not Harold, not crazy great traits but, or anything like that. But you knew could absolutely fly. Donald Driver was, was a crazy athlete, um, was like an Olympic-level high jumper. Or, or, my brain is now losing it, but he was like – that level of athlete. He had tangibles, yes. He, plenty of tangibles. And I think Bo Melton, like, he's a 4-3 guy. And he's got receiver skills. He didn't. He was the first receiver on this team to get 100 yards, Grant. Yeah. yeah. On, on a team with Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs and Dontavian Wicks and Jaden Reed and Luke Musgrave and Tucker Craft and, and all these guys. He was the first one. I think that tells you a lot about what he's capable of. It's just that I just remember Jared Boykin, that offseason, the takes were hilarious. And I was a part of it. It's like, we don't need to draft a first-round wide receiver. We had Jared Boykin. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know. That, so. that, that take economy was terrific. Take but that. Packers Packers fans always, and I, again, am a part of this just like, like you are, yep. in the preseason, it's now a running bit that there's a guy that you just go, this guy's a future all-pro. Like, I, we, don't, we don't need anybody because yeah. we've got this guy, and then it turns out to be Tory Gurley, and you're, it's like not, a non-NFL player. Malik Taylor, Malik Heath, you know, Mr. August. Who is the, who is the uh, Clark? Michael Clark? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm still convinced Michael Clark could be good. Preseason rips. I got to take a break. Miles Killebrew, and if I'm reading this correctly, Minka Fitzpatrick is with him. I I think. I think I'm reading this correctly. Uh, we're going to talk to former Pittsburgh Steelers safety Miles Killebrew next. It's the Bill Michael Show. Bill is back, uh, so you don't have to put up with me and Pete anymore. Thanks, Pete. Anytime. Appreciate it. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show. On the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Hey Wayne, shopping for a new door? I sure am. This fiberglass door is really strong. We love ours. Do you need something more dependable? Yes, something that's durable, dent resistant, knows how to take a hit and is going to last for years. We're still talking about the door, right? Uh, oh yeah, right, of course. Wayne Larrabee and Jeff Levering shopping together at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin? What could happen next? How about 0% interest for up to three years? Or no down payment, no interest, and no payments for up to 18 months? I'm Gina Della from Pella. This incredible offer from Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin is only available until February 29th. So hurry. We offer a wide range of window and door styles to perfectly match your home's unique design. Start customizing today with 0% interest for up to three years. Or no down payment, no interest, and no payments for up to 18 months. Only at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Visit PellaWI.com. Certain restrictions apply. See showroom for details on lines 229. Welcome back, and I'm back, which is awesome. Here's the one thing, and uh, we don't want to get too into details, but uh, when you do this and you have – you're so far away from so many things, and today is an incredibly busy day, and it's only going to get busier throughout the day. And, uh, you know, we, we have cameras and such up, and, you know, you can kind of look around a little bit. Uh, but it's a crazy busy day, and today's one of those days where, and right now you're looking at the Cam Newton set, as a matter of fact, 
because uh, he's right behind us. So we figured, he, and you know, he gets you know quite a few people that come over there as well. But it is a busy day, and you, you know, you I hate to try not to be vulgar, but you, you got to go to the bathroom. You got to get over there at some point. And I just was like, I can't wait till the five-minute break at the bottom of the hour. I had two Gatorades this morning. I have to go. And you can't run over and back. And then what happens is is that as we go to break, people wait, and then the table gets crowded. And you guys, Grant, uh, Grant and Erica, are bringing guests over. We've got charity winners that are coming in, and they got to be uh, you know, brought through the security and, and such. So anyway, it, it got crazy. It's just like, you know what, i, I got to go. Uh, Kurt Warner walking by, as a matter of fact. Over your uh, over your shoulder back there, there's Kurt Warner, the uh, former quarterback of the Rams and the greatest show on turf, and then obviously the team that ended up knocking off Aaron Rodgers his first playoff season, and they went on to win a Super Bowl as well. But that being said, um, good stuff with Peter Bukowski. Pete's great. Uh, yeah. I like Pete a lot. At the end, I, I had to force him to give Aaron Rodgers some credit because uh, he is probably one of the larger voices to, to be critical of Aaron Rodgers. So yeah. at the end, I'm like, all right, I'm going to – I'm going to set you up. I'm going to back you into a corner where you have no choice but to He's coming on later right there. He just walked by. That's Rick from Pawn Stars. Oh, he's got – Erica wanted a picture with yeah, him earlier. Yeah, he's coming over. That's Rick from Pawn Stars. We have seen the Pawn Stars guy, the uh, John Taffer. John Taffer. Uh, John Taffer. Shout out to John Taffer. He was here on Monday. Yeah, he came any of the in big early. Uh, he actually did Pharrell's show. That's like an outstanding And I wanted to hear pair. two screaming guys yeah. go at it. That's what I wanted to Shut hear. It down. Yeah. Uh, Shut it down. Shut it all yeah, down. Yeah, that would have been great. Uh, so we've seen him. We've seen uh, Mariel Hemingway we had over here with us yesterday. Uh, Car- you said Carrot Top was running around here. Yeah, I saw you him know. briefly, and then he disappeared. Yeah, and you see a lot of the people that you see weekly on TV. I just waved to A.J. Hawk. I was walking over. I saw Dan Orlovsky. I was talking to him. He wants to come on the program. We've got to get a hold of Holly. He's like, man, I, I want to come over. I- I'm going where they tell me. And I get it. You know, you got to dance where they tell you to dance. And we've all been there, done that. Not to that level, but. So, uh, but he's like, I want to come over. I want to talk about Jordan Love because I thought Jordan Love, and I told him, I said, you called Jordan Love the biggest disappointment midseason. Like, I know, what a remarkable cut. I, I will preface this by saying, I'm in the bathroom, and I hear, hey, Bill. And I look over, and it, it was washing our hands, by the way. I look over, and there's Dan Orlovsky. Okay. And then I hear, hey, Bill, how you been? You know, how's the show going? I look over, and then there's Lee Steinberg. Yeah. And Lee's going to be with us tomorrow, and I'm excited to talk to Lee because uh, for two reasons. One, He's a fascinating story, but also he is the agent for Patrick Mahomes, and he's got a lot going on with Patrick and his family and such. So I want to talk to him. I just you know to say how involved does he have to be? Yeah, because Patrick Mahomes, while he's a friend of his and he is a financial caretaker of his, he's also got a lot of invested in him. So it it means more if Patrick obviously has no distractions, wins the Super Bowl, you know, and then. You know, then there's more marketability because Lee is the guy that lines it all up. Lee's the guy that lines up State Farm. Lee's the guy that lines up Subway, Lee, you know. So I, I want to talk to him about all that uh, stuff as well. What What have you been fascinated by? Today is Thursday. We're going to wrap things up tomorrow, I know. But what what have you found interesting so here in Vegas so far? To make this about me, well, I guess yeah. you, got, you asked about my personal experience. So right. Monday, yeah. right, you see famous people bumming around. I don't cover NFL games. Like, I'm not at the stadium every right. week like you are. Um, I, I haven't been in this business nearly as long. So so you're used to going to a football stadium and seeing, oh, there's that guy from that network. There's, right. a, you know, I, I don't really have 
a lot of experiences like that. So Monday, I'm looking around. It's like, oh, there's Albert Breer. There's Ian Rappaport. And now we're to the point of the week where there's it feels like there's more famous people than regular people. Yeah. Like, earlier, I walked right by Drew Brees. I barely batted an eye. Yeah. So becoming, I think, desensitized to all of the star power and all the recognizable faces and names this week. I, I wouldn't have thought that that's possible. But after a couple of days, I'm like, yeah, Drew Brees is pretty short. Like, yeah, all right, yeah. I get it. Yeah. You, I was walking in or walking out the other day, and uh, in walks Trevor Lawrence all by himself. It was girlfriend with him, but yeah. just all by themselves. Like he's looking for the sandwich yeah, stand. Yeah, nobody something. recognized him. He's just he's kind of uh, in a semi sweatsuit. Yeah, you know, long hair. People are looking at him like some skater guy coming by. You know, he's still a big dude. You oh, don't realize really, how big huge. he is. Well, that's another thing is you don't realize how big these football players. Like Dan Orlovsky last night. That's a great example. Dan's like, a big dude. Holy balls, he's tall. Yeah. Which you've played professional football, so you're, yeah. you can't be tiny. You can't be right. a little shrimp. But I'm like, man, he, yeah, he's a telephone pole. Yeah, he is. A, he's a big dude, too. Big hands. It's it's always nice because I think I'm I'm one of these people to a lesser degree than you. But it's nice when you meet all these people in real life and you're taller than most people. Right. Like Steve Palazzolo is a, he's a house. He's as tall as your banner, the PFF guy. Yeah. Or Eric Eager. He played college football. He played tight right. end. So you meet some of these people and are like, damn, you're big. And I'm glad that like I'm not 6'4", six, 6'5". Six, right. But like I can meet people and not be a disappointment. Right, right. <laughs> physically, exactly. at least. Yeah. The conversation that we're going to have is going to be disappointing. You're going to be disappointed in every other part. But physically, it's like, all right, yeah, he's, he's yeah. not, you know, 5'7". Yep. You, uh, you get a chance to, when you're rolling around here, you uh, you see a lot of people, and you go, wait a minute, and you start recognizing people. Yeah, I know that guy. I know this guy. I, you know, and and that's what's cool about coming out here. It's not just about doing the show. It's yeah. about and you're learning this. It's about creating the contacts. Yeah. It's it's because we use these guys and talk to these guys all throughout the season. Yeah. And now they put a name to a face. They get a chance to talk to us. We get a chance to talk to them, and uh, see everybody and. So that way when we put something out to one of their bookers or one of their agents or one of their people, whatever, they're like, yeah. oh, okay, I remember those guys, you know, so. Well, last night I'm doing my show and it's about 5 o'clock and I'm, I'm pretty, I'm tired, right? Like during this show we're up and moving, but when I'm sitting here by myself talking to myself, I start to get a little tired and this guy comes up. He's like, are you the, are you the booker? Are you the talent selector? And I kind of laughed. I'm like, I'm, buddy, I'm the only one here. Like you see, you see anyone else at this table? He's like, well, I have the, the psychologist for the Golden State Warriors, the sports psychologist. Yeah. And they were here talking about this intelligence test that they had brokered. So I talked to this guy for like 10 minutes about being a professional sports psychologist. And then he just helped me break down what happened with C.J. Stroud right. going into the draft, which is really interesting. And I never would have expected right. to have that conversation. And the guy just shows up at the table. And I'm like, why not? Yeah, sit down. This is the coolest thing. We're sitting here. And uh, Bob is watching. Bob is a very good friend of Jerry Kramer's. And he said, hey, Jerry wants to come on. So uh, I'm, I'm – this is the thing. We're sitting here doing this, and Jerry's watching and now wants to join us at some point. So now we're trying to broker the deal as Jerry here and a part of the NFL Honors Network and you know and everything. Or is he at home uh, in Idaho He's kind of relaxing. hanging out? So, yeah, so we'll figure it out. But Jerry Kramer wants to come on the program. So uh, And obviously they've got a book that's, uh, that's come out and such. But uh, we're, we're trying literally sitting here on the air and brokering a deal to get Jerry Kramer on. The, it, that's yeah, just, guests, just great. Guests come to you out here. As, as someone who books guests, I, I love it. I don't have to yeah. chase people down with a stick to get them to come on. It's, um, you, know, it, you know, we're not uh, – I would consider us a B-list group. We're not the hard-hitting A-listers. We're not McAfee. We're not some of the big 
massive stations out here. I'd say that's but quite we're kind of like and those are A lists, and that's yeah. that's no BS, and and we're not that. Well, and it helps you've been out here. How many years you've been at Radio? This Rock. is my I think of my fourteenth year. Yeah. 13th or 14th you year. You just see these people every year. And, yeah, and uh, Mike is – this is Mike's 17th year of covering the NFL. Like, I went over to talk to Florio. I'm like, hey, like, we'd love to have you. Which show are you? We're the Bill Michael show. He's like, oh, yeah, I've done that. Yep, I've been on, I've yeah. been on with him before. So it's, yeah. it's nice that you have years and years of background. At least, we, uh, at least we're kind of known. You know, yeah. we're, we're a pain in people's ass. And we're in a great spot, too, if we're trying to go over the fence and, and get people. It's like, we're right across yeah. the way. Blue and yellow. We're right next to Cam. We're easy to find. <laughs> right, Table right. 69. Right I, next I, to, yeah. I well, can't ask for better I identifying features. <laughs> I know. You tell them 69, they all go, ah, how'd you get that? I know. Well, you know, we all have a porn channel in our, our it, previous life, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. that's right. Uh, anyway, let's do this. We're going to step away. We're going to take a quick break. we got a lot going on, and we'll have guests, and I, I don't know. Who do we got uh, coming up? We have we have Scott Farrell still coming on today. Scotty Farrell. we got Kellen Winslow Sr., Merrill Hodge. Uh, who I'm also going to have on my show tonight. I'm excited to talk with Merrill Hodge. Yeah. I have some. I have some very specific things I want to talk about with him. But so, uh, and I know Erica was talking to my Golik. He was. She's everywhere. So yeah. She would probably be the better person to ask because she's got like a bunch of people. There's in her both right two now. Mike Golics because it's Golik Senior and Junior. Are here. I, I watched them interact by the way in the media room this morning. Yeah. Senior is getting coffee, and the other one was in the fridge. He's like. Hi, Mike. And the other, hi, Mike. I'm like, this is weird. I got to go right. upstairs. This is, right. Something's happening here. I'm yeah. uncomfortable. I'm in the nexus of the universe, yeah, for God's sake. A little bit. All right, let's do this. We're going to step out. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back. we got a whole lot more to get to. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends over there at Veterans America. They believe in, they believe in owning the land that you've defended, whether you're a military member, uh, veteran, or if you are a family member. Uh, they want you to get a hold of them. Call my buddy James, 262-745-3333, 262-745-3333. 33. Uh, they're the top VA lender for home buyers, and they can do it with a little bit uh, looser credit requirements, uh, no down payments and such. They really, really work well with the VA loans and VA lenders and with you, the people that have uh, you know helped us out in, in so many different ways and allow us to lay our heads on our pillow at night and rest easily. So don't forget to check out our friends at Veterans America. Veterans America, again, own the land you defend. More of the Bill Michael Show live out here in Las Vegas. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Welcome back to the program. We are broadcasting live. We are out here in Las Vegas. Las Vegas, which is where you can find us. And uh, good to be here. It is uh, It is day four of the day five gauntlet that is Radio Row and the media center and such. And um, that being said, uh, Grant Bill's alongside. Erica's running around uh, getting in our charity winners. Uh, Kristen has arrived on set, and uh, we have got everybody here. Uh, we have got Kellen Winslow Sr. coming up here. We just saw him walk by. He's going to join us. I still can't uh, wait to talk to him 
about uh, the uh, the game that they played in Miami, so iconic and so epic in so many different ways, uh, and about his career, uh, obviously. And plus, being a tight end, you've got two terrific tight ends in this contest coming up this Sunday, so you've got that. Uh, and uh, we uh, are efforting Rick from Pawn Stars, who is running around. We've got Jerry Kramer coming up here in just a little bit. Uh, so I mentioned that Jerry Jerry caught a bug. So Jerry is a little under the weather, didn't want to come out here and uh, mix and mingle with everybody. So Jerry is on the phone. So we'll talk with Jerry coming up here a little bit later on today as well. So Jerry Kramer is going to join us. Then we've got Merle Hodge, uh, who is going to join us. Who else? Who's the other one that we – we got Scott Farrell, Scott Farrell. and Farrell Chase, bench. Chase Daniel. Farrell uh, loves Kristen. Farrell loves Kristen. You guys are buddies. Yeah, yeah. Like they, uh, they, he, he loves to give her a hug for a long time. Well, so that tracks. Yeah. Um, that makes sense. <laughs> that makes sense. So anyway, but um, but anyway, that uh, that's that's kind of our day. We we hit that lull, which you, you need a lull every now and then. But uh, we're, we're kind of in our law right now, and that's fine because you gear up for a guy like Kellen Winslow Sr. coming up here in just a little bit, and uh, you get a chance to talk to him. Uh, i, I got to be honest. I have not checked emails and all that kind of stuff a whole lot just because we've been getting so much via the NFL. But uh, the big news, obviously, back home is is that it's official now coming up in uh, 2025. Mark, uh, uh, Mark Murphy is going to be walking away from the Green Bay Packers. Uh, is there anybody that you would say this would make a great president of the Green Bay Packers? Well, the, I suppose the guy they've been grooming is Ed Policy. Yep. So that if you would, go out, because now they're doing the full search committee, yada, yada. I feel like they're not, though. So this is why, and I, I talked through this on my show last night. It's like, is this just all one big formality that they're announcing it? And, right. And it's Ed Policy all along, and we all know it. I, I don't. I don't know. You would know more. Mike Clemens would know more. I, I, I don't would know. love to see a guy like Andrew Brandt. Interesting. That's who I would love to see. Be he's young. He's a numbers guy. He worked for a long time as the capologist for that team. He knows what it is when it comes to player acquisition. He knows he does. I mean, you know, obviously he does the business of football. He knows the business of football and making money. We've had him on the show numerous times, and what the NFL. He knows everybody within the NFL. That would be a guy that I would love to see. Interesting. Whether or not that would happen or not, we would probably have to I haven't really thought say about it's it. not going to, but because that's who I would love to see come in. The last two years, everyone's just said it's going to be Ed Policy and right. it's decided. So then they, they announced that they're doing a CEO search. I just figured that it's a formality. I like all the fans and, and people. Do you see someone sent in a resume to Mark Murphy? Yes. For a defensive coordinator. Yeah, he wrote him back. Yeah, right. Yeah, I, uh, I did see. I think the guy's name was Bill. What, what, correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, he was Bill from, like, De Pere or something like that. Yeah, but like, it said, a... Dear Bill. So people started sending it to me. You know, It wasn't you? No, you're it wasn't too me. Bu- you're too busy. No, it wasn't me. You don't and, have time. Yeah, I, Mark would have just said GTFOH, you know, and that would have been it. No, you, you do enough. I, well, I, I told this to John Runyon Jr. last night, too. He's like, we tried to block out all – there was a lot of outside noise this year. And I'm like, yeah, I, I, as someone who creates outside noise, yes, yes there was a, we understand there was that. a ton. Yeah. Yeah, there was. Yeah. So what, when, when you talk to him, when they tried to block it, the outside noise, so to speak. Yeah. What were they what, – what did they – midseason, there was a lot of it. Yeah, and, and there was internal – he wasn't saying it was unfair. He's saying, you know, you lose to Vegas – and to Denver, that was yes. a loss they took really hard because I think they all went into that game thinking, well, Denver sucks. Right. right? We all went into that game thinking Denver sucks. Yes. We're struggling. 
this is a game that we should have. Here right. we go. And I think it, it was jarring to them when it went as poorly as it did. Right. Um, and I think that was a little bit of a rock-bottom moment. So he wasn't saying that the fans were beaten. He wasn't claiming that any of the outside noise was unfair. I think he said the outside noise was matching what was going on in the locker room. Right. Everyone was, was having a really rough time. Yeah. No, I, I yeah. can see that. Uh, let's do this. Uh, we're about ready at the top of the hour to get out of here and take a quick break. We got Kellen Winslow Sr., who I guarantee is running late. Is he scheduled for 10 or 10-15? Kellen Winslow? Yeah. I have scheduled for 10. Sarah said she was running behind a little bit. So yeah. It might be a couple minutes behind. Yeah, so uh, he might come over and sit down, like, during the segment. That's fine. So that, which is which is okay. We can live with that. It, but uh, I saw him walk by, and I thought, there's no way he's going to do an interview. He's going to sit down for three minutes and then come back here yeah. and suddenly sit down for us for 20. That I, That's that's not happening. So yeah. I, I guarantee he's going to run a little bit this late. Is a, this is a great week for him to talk about the Super Bowl because there's two great tight ends and like if we want to ask him some Packers questions with Tucker Craft and Luke Musgrave like yep. there's just a lot of good tight end topics right for him no, I'm, especially I'm, at this table I'm geeked I'm geeked about it and plus he was a guy that I just still to this day remember them carrying him off that field mm-hmm. down in Miami mm-hmm. completely exhausted just you know cramping up and everything they went through going back to Air Coriel and Dan Fouts and he was one of the main targets for Dan Fouts and I just remember watching like this guy going, oh, my God, that guy just left everything. And I can't remember if it was Dick. I think it was Dick Enberg who called that game mm-hmm. for NBC. And Dick Enberg was talking about just him leaving everything on the field. He can't hardly walk. They're carrying him. And, and I just thought, God, that's the epitome of football, man, right there. So I, I can't wait to talk to him for a couple of minutes. All right, let's do this. We're going to take a quick break. Uh, there's Ocho Cinco walking by, as a matter of fact. Chad Johnson. You have those sunglasses, don't you? Um, No. No. Oh, okay. No, I don't have those sunglasses. Must be and I would else. look bad in those sunglasses. Um, I would agree. I should do a show like that. Just put on all my bling, sunglasses, lean back. You know, I should do that. Like, oh, I should do that. You know, I'm going to unbutton my shirt down to my belly button. You know, have stuff hanging out. Yeah. Three chest hairs. That's it. That's all I got. I'm like going to go little... get someone. I'm going to try to go, go get someone and come back. Be right back. All right. We're going to go ahead and take a quick break. we got a lot more of the Bill Michaels show. Two hours down, two hours yet to go. Don't go anywhere. More coming up right after this.